Welcome back to another episode of Around the Grid. My name is Parth, and I'm here joined with my co-host, Raj. Hey, guys. This past week, we raced at the Paul Richard Circuit in France for the France GP. And historically, it's been a very boring race, but this one was surprisingly exciting. Not much happened, but I feel like the stuff that did happen was was kind of intense and kind of fun to watch. Um, how do you feel about it, though? I, I genuinely thought this would be another extremely boring race, as it has been in the past. But uh, the, there are a lot of there's there some good fights at the top and in the midfield, so that made it pretty entertaining to see. Yeah, there were surprisingly a lot of in midfields, and then the top kind of just came down to strategy and just chasing. Um, so Tire it was management. yeah, exactly. So it was really it was really fun. Um, I'm happy with it. I was I had really low expectations for for this yeah, race, yeah. and it definitely exceeded it. So happy with it. Let's get on with qualifying. Max Verstappen takes pole. He had never taken pole on the circuit, so which was fantastic. Lewis Hamilton second, and Valtteri Bottas comes third. Uh, really good results. I mean, Mercedes looked strong all weekend, so I kind of expected. And then uh, to round it up, Sergio Perez came fourth, and Carlos Sainz uh, qualified fifth. Um, again, another really strong performance from from both Perez, who seems to be very getting confident in the car, and also Sainz as well. Sainz did good in quality, but we'll talk about what happened later on. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. But yeah. some somebody who made it into into further into qualifying session than we expect is Mick. Mick Schumacher made it into Q two. To be fair, he made it into Q two. In my opinion, only because he crashed out of Q1. Yes. Because Lance Stroll was not able to set a fast lap. Yes. And What's... Mick was 15th. What's still so, uh, a Haas. He got into Q2, you got into Q2. That's, that's just how it is. A Haas in this yeah, a Haas day. In Q2. A, a Haas in this day and age made it to Q2. Uh, damn. All right. Uh, Ferrari. <laughs> they looked extremely strong. During quali and just during the weekend as well, or during free practice sessions, and I mean we know the the fight between them and and McLaren, it's kind of heating up now. But McLaren just d- didn't look to be there. I mean, Lando was uh, eighth and Ricardo was P ten, which yeah, is they usually, definitely just looks slower than Ferrari straight up. Yeah, yeah, and usually Norris you'll see him higher up, but not and Ricardo. I mean, I feel like that's where he's been usually, but Norris was just. I guess it will just look slow compared to the both of the Ferraris. But, I mean, we'll talk about it because, you know, quality is not the same as... Although as someone race. who did look really good was... We didn't mention this in the notes, but it was Pierre Gasly looked really good in qualifying. Yep. He P6. just does one of those drivers that you just expect him to be there now. I, um, I don't know how he does it. I, I don't know how he does it either because he, he's driving the car to the ground and he's getting extremely extremely amazing performance out of it so mm-hmm. i love it i mean compared that to yuki his teammate who crashed yet again um who had a really strong performance in baku but just uh, he couldn't really get anything going uh during quality because he just crashed straight up i don't know how it's just he's i get he's new so i guess there's an excuse there but he's super inconsistent so if he wants to it's only his first year, but he should—he definitely needs to work on his consistency. Hundred percent, hundred percent. 
uh, and also maybe calm down a bit. But that's yeah. <laughs> that's just it's just funny for us to look at it. But anyways, um, I mean, yeah, that that's about it for quality. There, there was nothing much interesting that happened that was happening. Um, so we'll just move on with the race. Max Verstappen, my boy, takes takes first place. Uh, second place, Lewis Hamilton. Not your boy, but you know, Sergio still Perez, your still your boy. Sergio Perez takes third, my second boy, and then fourth and fifth, Valtteri Bottas takes fourth, and Lando Norris. Man, this dude has taken so many P fives. It's insane. Yeah, he takes P five yet again from P eight, which is amazing. I don't know how he does it. Um, and right behind him was his teammate Daniel Ricciardo, P six. They finally both, found some pace. Yes, bro. They were both like, it was like a bait and switch kind of thing, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Norris was overtaking, and then, and then Ricardo was overtaking, and then the strategy. They was looked perfect. really bad in quality, but then, in the race, they just came alive, and especially with the strategy, it just worked out. Everything was good for McLaren. That undercut was really strong. Yeah. Just this whole race, and we'll we'll talk about that too because, it d- literally decided who was gonna win this in this race. Um. So at at the beginning, Max and Lewis really get a good get a really good start. I think Perez is the one that gets a really bad start, and he gets pressure from, um, I believe it's Carlos Sainz who pressures him. Yeah. Um, Max loses his position in turn two because he goes. I think on the radio said he couldn't control the car, so he went off the track a bit. Yeah. Um. So basically, after that, Hamilton just takes over, and. Uh, Usually, I would say that's the end of it, but it wasn't in this case. It was far from the end of it in this case. <laughs> I mean, he led basically the whole race, except when Perez didn't pit for a few laps, yeah, but that's yeah. about it. Um, damn. I mean, we already talked about this, but the strategy and the overtakes from both the McLaren boys was amazing. Yeah, they beat... Not just... They beat Ferrari, definitely. Like Ferrari had a really bad race, but... They beat every other midfield team convincingly because of that strategy and the performance of the race. It was really good to see. It was really good to see, especially after that horrible qualifying um, result. And then mm-hmm. also the fact that Ferrari were just looking better at that time. They really showed up. And, and I mean, even Norris, we kind of like, like, I feel like we should expect him to be really good. But Ricardo, hopefully. Hopefully. He keeps up this form. I want to see more of this. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm being hopeful that this is not just like a one-off kind of thing, that he's actually getting, um, confident in that car. Mm-hmm. So, I really want him to do I'm well. I'm gonna say something right now. I don't know if you're gonna agree with me or not. Go ahead. I think Ricardo is one of the best drivers to never win a world championship. I agree with you. Okay. Good. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. When I first started watching Drive to Survive, I was surprised that he didn't win, that he wasn't a world champion. But that was when before before I knew a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, I I agree with your statement, hundred percent. And I I don't think he ever will. That's the thing. Yes. I feel I so bad, but like it just is unfortunate. I think his best chance was at Red Bull, but then at that time Red Bull were not near. They were still good, but they were not as good as they are now. Yeah, they were a P3 team, now they're fighting for P1. Exactly. And Yeah, fighting for P1. I guess they're already P1, but they're still fighting mm-hmm. for it. Um, Max, uh, we know the undercut is very 
strong on this track. We saw it with Daniel Ricardo and I, I don't think Norris went for an undercut. I think they were on split strategies. Yeah, but Max, Ricardo, yeah. yeah, so it was Max takes the undercut out of, and comes out, of, out ahead of Lewis and then they keep Perez out with a split strategy and he leads the race on old hearts for a few laps. Um, and we've seen this strategy a lot. The Red Bull. Will they leave Perez out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We saw it in Baku. We also saw it in Monaco as well, where mm-hmm. they split them in their strategies, and then one Red Bull is usually leading leading it, and then the other one just pressurizes from from the back whenever they pit. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's beautiful because it has worked out so far. Did it work in? I guess Sergio Perez came fourth, so it did work in Monaco. Um, well, Monaco, it was just Monaco, was just a mess for Mercedes. So I don't think you can really count that there. But that's true. over here. It definitely worked. It definitely worked, yeah. Um, so Max, I think, basically for most of the race, he's just chasing Hamilton. No, 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 no. He's defending from Hamilton. And again, like Hamilton is like within a second, two seconds kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then he goes for the two-stop strategy, which was I thought at that time was a pretty big gamble because uh, I was worried that there wouldn't be enough time left to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, because he okay. Well, we're gonna later, but the overtake was really, really late, and if yeah. Red Bull had waited, I think another lap to do that, they would not have gotten it done. No, no. So Max pits for mediums. So that means that he is on newer mediums, and mediums are a faster tire. So he was making like two seconds up per lap mm-hmm. in the beginning, and then they kind of drops off. Um, and then after that, Perez pits behind. Bottas, so it's just basically what Lewis, Bottas, Perez, Verstappen, and then Verstappen takes over Perez, and then eventually takes over Bottas, and then eventually takes over Lewis. Lewis, but I feel like there was a point in the race where after he took over Bottas, he was catching up to Lewis, but then right after that, it felt like he wasn't catching up to Lewis. Like, it stopped. Like, I feel like he wasn't gaining time at one point, and like Lewis. I feel like Hamilton was just like, "All right, that that's enough," and then he just like killed the tires, and then just, he just pushed it. really, really hard for a couple of laps, and then the tires fell off, and he just couldn't do anything anymore. Yeah, and, that's and then after where that, came back. yeah, after that, in like a couple of laps, he gained all like it, he was like behind by five seconds, and he gained all of it back in like maybe two and a half laps. Yeah. So and then um, overtake was they took it through the second DRS zone, I believe, um, and it was I mean it was cooling. I I don't think Hamilton could defend that. I, mean, I don't there's, think he, Yeah, there's nothing you can do when you have tires that are that much older. Exactly. And they're hard, so there's just literally nothing you can do. Exactly. So he just took it. And uh, I was literally jumping for joy. I was, I was not even kidding. If you could ask my dad, he was watching the race with me, and I was jumping. <laughs> well, I, I was yelling. Imagine. I was yelling and jumping because I was so happy. And then, and then after that, did... Perez had already taken nothing over Bottas, or maybe he did after. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... So, Verstappen overtook Hamilton, lap 52. And then Perez got ahead of Bottas, I think, like, five or six laps earlier than that. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And, I mean, talk about Bottas, because, you know, we gotta talk about him, because he's your boy. Dude was pissed as hell. Uh, understandably so. Because yeah. in the middle of the race, he called out that these tires are just not gonna last, and they should go for... Mercedes should go for a two-stop. He called it out... He was actually pissed. He called it out. He's like, okay, this has to be a two-step. They didn't listen to him, obviously. And he got overtaken by Perez, who we know is a god of tire management. Yeah. 
And so, he was on his tires were like 15 laps newer, I believe. So that alone gives him such a big pace advantage. Yeah. And I, I, I just feel like if Mercedes had done a split strategy or put them both on two stops, they could have had a one two or one two or one three. But I I think they could have had a guaranteed two three. Because Bottas would have been able to hold off, hold off Perez had he had newer tires. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, I thought they could go for a two-stop for Lewis, but then they didn't do anything, so I was like, okay, it's too late now. If he pits now, then he's going to come out behind Perez, and there's not going to be enough time for him to catch up. I mean, at the very least, they could have left They could have left one on one stop and the other on a two-stop just to see what would happen, like Red Bull did. Yeah, they could have done some experimentation because they need the points. Yeah, and even but, after Bottas got overtaken by Perez, Mercedes didn't pit Bottas for like faster lap or something. They just kept going. Yeah, because Bottas had a full minute gap back to Norris. There was yeah. easily enough time to pit for a fastest lap. I mean, and they need the points. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that at at the end of Abu Dhabi, Red Bull is ahead by like one point. That would be the good like, decider. Could you imagine that? Um, again, we don't know because Abu Dhabi is so far away and I can't believe Since this. Since December, yeah. I can't believe this race is like heating up or this season is heating up this fast. Um, Vatas and... Uh, wait, you put in the notes seeing some parallels between Vatas this year and Vettel last year? You think so? Yeah. I, I, I talked to... You know, Darren, I talked to Darren about this too. Okay. They're both being like left out. They have to both... Remember, in, remember last year in Spain, Vettel to create his own strategy? Yeah, basically, yeah. Same thing happened here, but yeah, they but didn't I f- listen. I feel like it is similar to that, but it's not as bad as Vettel. It's not the same thing, obviously, because Vettel was dropped at the start of the season. Yeah. But I feel like over here, it's sort of implied that he's getting, Bottas is going to get dropped. Yeah, the rumors have been kind of insane lately. Yeah, yeah. been picking up. Have you noticed it? Yeah, definitely. I've seen a lot of it. F1 Twitter had been going insane. Um, We'll see. I guess... I don't know what's I mean, going on at their Mercedes camp, bro. I, I don't know what they're up to. I, I, I'm at, like, I'm at a loss because they literally... Okay, maybe they could have left. Maybe this would have been fine. I would have been okay with it if he got the fastest lap because there yeah. was such a big gap behind him. We could have done anything. But they... I don't, I don't understand what was... Why did they do that? I just don't get it. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And know. did you see Bada's radio after the, after, the, uh, after the race? Where he was saying, like, you should have fucking listened to me. No, no, there was just, when, when there's a post-race radio, where there's, like, the, the his racing engineer was telling him what happened. Okay. He was just completely silent, didn't say a single thing. Damn. And all the comments were like, all right, I feel bad for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I mean, I don't want him to win, but still, I feel like he's just, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, we're competing yeah, I know, teams, I know, yeah. so I, I gotta, you know, cheer up my boys, but it just feels bad, just because you know it's, like, so blatant. Like, it just, you're just being left out. Um, I... The conspiracy theorist in me thinks that if Bottas was on a two-stop, he could have overtaken Hamilton. Because of how slow the, the, old, the old hard tires can get. I yeah. feel like if they had, if they, he was on a two-stop, he could have easily gotten ahead of Hamilton. And Mercedes didn't want that. Yeah. So uh, that's just a conspiracy theorist in me. But that I just, could see that's it. How it yeah. At one point in the race, I was also like thinking, because like, I felt like Bottas was very close to Hamilton at one point in the race. And I was like... Oh, the top three were then like... like two seconds of each other for so long yeah and i was like what if Bottas is just faster and pace wise and are they gonna let him through that would but, be so ironic but that wouldn't happen and i feel like 
at this point, if Bata gets re-signed for Mercedes for next year, I would be very surprised. I don't think I would want him to re-sign for Mercedes next year. Yeah, but then where is he like, going to go? He, he could go back to Williams and rebuild the team or something. Like, I don't know, but like, I, the way Mercedes is, like, doing him right now, there's just no way. Yeah. It seems, like, almost unhealthy. Yeah. Because to- even Toto Wolf blamed Bottas for the Monaco pit stop incident. I know, that was so bad. Like, like how... Whatever, it's fine, but, like, I, I don't... I, I do see... I, I don't want him to be in Mercedes next year. Oh, uh, I saw on Twitter that Toto Wolf was happy that Bottas was being, um... Did you see that? It was, like, Bottas what? was, um... When he said, like, why don't you guys fucking listen to me and, like, fucking hell with the two-stop strategy, apparently Toto Wolf came on the radio and was like, yes, I love that. Like, because he was happy that he was voicing his concern. I was like, bro... Okay, then do something about the concern. <laughs> they threw away, like, ten points. Just like that. Are you not gonna do anything just because your driver was not vocal? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I just don't. Uh, anyways, Red Bull still extended their lead. They're still ahead, and I'm very surprised. I know I'm a Red Bull fan, and I should be happy with this. But I'm also, like, cautiously Ca- optimistic. Cautiously kind of optimistic, yep. So, I mean, I'm happy, but at the same time, I'm very surprised, and I shouldn't get too ahead of myself because... Yep. Anything can happen. And this is like only like the eighth race. Uh, they're so ahead by Bull. 37 points. Mm-hmm. And then I think Max is ahead by 12. Yep. It was, uh, what, four after Baku? It was four after. Yeah, it was. Because neither See, of that gap points. would have been less both ways if Mercedes had just hit Bottas for fastest lap. Both yeah. of the gaps would have gone down a little bit. Well, but how would Max's... Oh, yeah, because it would have been 11 because Max got that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then uh, Ferrari. I don't know what happens to them, bro. They were they look strong in fra- pre- free, uh, free practice and to some degree in qualifying. But then Leclerc fell to P16. What the hell? And then Sainz finished in P11. Like, they both dropped so much. Leclerc I- finished behind George Russell, who is in a Williams. Yeah. By the way, we talked about this last time. And we said Haas is ahead in the championship compared to Williams. Now mm. Williams is back ahead of Haas because Russell got the best finish. Yeah. Well, both Haas's were 19th and 20th. So. Yeah. Well, expected. Expected. Yeah. So um, Leclerc finished behind Giovinazzi, Ocon, Sonoda, and Russell. All in worse cars. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe yeah. it's hopefully just a one-off bad weekend. Yeah, I didn't even hear about them too much until after the race. Like, I don't know what, just during the race, there was not yeah. just much coverage on them. I, I mean, like, I didn't even know this happened until I looked at the scoreboard after while doing research for this. I was just like, wait, what? There's, yeah. I, I was just shocked, but yeah, Ferrari and McLaren are in the fight for P3 in the constructors, and McLaren has extended their lead because way a lot because uh, Norris finished P5 and Ricardo finished P6 this race, and Ferrari were pointless this race. Yep, yep. Are you seeing that that fight coming up between Mazepin and Schumacher? The what? <laughs> They're like like fighting now, like because apparently Mazepin um in Baku on the straight. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, he cut right in front of Schumacher, I think, and it was like mm-hmm. very dangerous. Yeah. So like yeah. since then they've been beefing, <laughs> and they like we're having like 
on track battles on on France, but I mean again they're hosses, so they're not gonna get looked at too much. Not that it matters either way because you know, uh, one day I want to compare the time of a Haas to an F two car and see how far away they are. <laughs> that is such an insult, but like I just want to see. I actually think that F one Haas would still be better just because I think it just has better. Well, of course, it's gonna be faster. I just want to see like the difference, but anyway. Yeah, so McLaren has increased their leader of Ferrari by like I don't know twenty six points. It's twenty six points. I don't know sixteen or twenty six points. I'm not, I'm not. I don't remember. We can't do but math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not while talking. <laughs> not but, while talking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for France. But in the next two weeks, we're going to be racing at a double header at the Red Bull Ring in Austria for the Styrian and the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, the Red Bull Ring has been on the calendar from nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty seven and was reintroduced. In 1997 to 2003, and then it came back on the calendar consistently since 2014. Um, these races have always been proven to be quite eventful in the modern F1 era because they have massive DRS zones with three of the four straights on the track being DRS zones and lots of heavy braking zones for overtaking. Uh, we lost race at the Red Bull Ring in 2020, where Bottas won from pole in the first race and Hamilton won from pole in the second race. And uh, this track has historically been a toss-up between Mercedes and Red Bull, so. These next two races should be interesting to see. Yeah, it's interesting because it's Red Bull's home track. And then also, it's the closest home track Max gets as well. So his fans show up in numbers. Bro, Um, they're going to be blasting Supermax in the fans. Supermax and and you know that... By the way, if you see orange t-shirts in the grandstands, that's That's Max for seven. And they come out in numbers, bro. Do you know why it's orange? I don't know why it's orange. I have no idea. Is it just his color? Actually, it's... I feel like we should know this. I should know this because he's my favorite driver. I wonder the Dutch colors. Uh, huh. Red, white, and blue. Oh, wait, the Dutch and the... Col- what? Ne- Netherlands is closely ident- identified with orange of all colors. Okay. I, but why? I guess that's why. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, there you go, guys. You learn something new every day. Yeah, um, so, so Max fans are going to be in orange. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. I, I, it's one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, these um, trucks are... Austria has always been a good race, no matter what. Yep. But that is all for this weekend, guys. I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AroundTheGridF1 and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us a lot. And we'll see you next week after Styria. Bye, guys.